The Weiss Center for the Performing Arts on the campus of Bucknell University in Lewisburg has a reputation for bringing in artists of the very first rank, giving those of us in the region the ability to experience performances that we otherwise would have to travel to New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, or even Europe to experience. On Friday, September 16th, one of America's leading modern dance companies comes to the Weiss Center. Indeed, after more than a half century, the Paul Taylor Dance Company has become one of the preeminent performing ensembles in the world. For more information and tickets, go to bucknell.edu slash Center or call 570-577-1000. I'm Larry Voitkill. I spoke via Zoom to Jessica Ferretti, one of the dancers, and to Michael Novak, artistic director of the company. He is only the second person to hold this position, having been given the reins by Paul Taylor himself. I began our conversation with a very basic question. I want to talk a little bit about dance itself and about Paul Taylor and the style and, the, and, and what, it, what it means. So, um, Mr. Novak, I'll start with you. Now, say you agreed to go into a second or third grade class to talk about your art. So mm -hmm. how would you define dance? I would define dance as the passion to move to your own individual beat. And that that individual beat can change depending on how you're feeling, what you're seeing, what you're sensing. And that dance really is an expression of who you are and where you're at um, and what you love and what you live for. And everyone can dance and everyone should have access to dancing. Um, and we are lucky enough that we have an incredible company of human beings who have dedicated their entire lives to that experience. For our listeners who are not familiar with Paul Taylor's approach to dance, how do you describe that? So Paul Taylor originally, when he was younger, was a visual artist. He was a painter, actually, for a number of years. And that informed a lot of um, how he saw things, the use of color, the use of depth, form, structure, shape, shadow. And eventually shifted his focus away from painting to swimming. He was a competitive swimmer when he was in college. He went to Syracuse um, University initially. And it was at Syracuse that he was at a university library and found a book on dance and modern dance and decided that that was what he was ordained to do. And he transferred to Juilliard. And it was at Juilliard that he studied under Martha Graham, Anthony Tudor. Um, he worked very closely with Jose Lamon, Morris Cunningham. And the names that I'm listing, if you don't know who they are, it's the, it's the greats. I mean, it, he was studying under these incredible artists um, who were really in their own way pushing the dance art form forward. And Paul was very tall. Um, I like to think of him as kind of like Michael Phelps, very tall, long wingspan, huge arms, and incredibly fluid. And the dance world had not quite seen a dancer who was that big move that fluid um, 
with and with such precision. It was a very unusual combination. And Paul's style came from hours in the pool, studying with all these incredible choreographers. Um, Paul's, Paul also uh, spoke ASL, so he also knew sign language, and he was very big on gesture. So all of that came together to really make his style so incredibly unique. And when you add that to his passion for visual art and depth and color and size and shape and scale, you had the building blocks of an incredibly prolific career. He made 147 dances over the course of 64 years. Why do you think that the that visual element and that experience as a visual artist is uh, so important uh, to his style or is important to dance as a whole? And why do you think, or do you think, that that uh, differentiates him from other choreographers in a certain way? I like to think when you go to a theater, the proscenium is a frame for the art that's on stage. And if you've ever been to an art gallery or maybe someone's house and you've seen a very beautiful painting or piece of art and the frame around it can perfectly complement the art or the frame can be too big or too small or something can feel off. The frame really sets up and can complement beautifully the art. The theater is the exact same way. And I think Paul saw the proscenium as a frame. So he would scale his pieces in terms of the number of dancers he would use, in terms of the designers that he would collaborate with. Thinking of the venue and thinking of the audience's experience watching it, not necessarily the dancer's experience dancing it, which is also beautiful and Jessica can talk to that. Um, but he was very interested in how the audience's eye would see the art and how he could get them to step into it and experience it. Jessica, tell us a bit about your training as a dancer and how that training made possible your entry into this company and how you possibly had to adapt to the Paul Taylor style, if indeed that's the case. Yeah, so I started at a competitive dance school called Westchester Dance Academy. And we would compete all the time. We really focused on ballet and jazz and lyrical and tap and hip hop. So it was a really well-rounded education. I started at three years old. So from three to 18, competitive dancer. Then I transitioned into college. I went to Marymount Manhattan College in the city. And that's where I took my first modern dance class. And I was like, whoa, I fell in love with modern dance. The structure, the discipline, the history, um, the athleticism the the grit of it you have to really put your whole body into it I was like that is for me and then eventually I found um the Paul Taylor style and I saw them uh rehearsing for their Lincoln Center season and I was like oh my god do they have a dance intensive and immediately I looked them up and I was like oh my god they do so I took their intensives uh throughout college and that was a huge adjustment because Unlike other styles of modern dance, it's very like thigh, glute, like back heavy. Like you really have to use your big muscle groups versus ballet where you're kind of using more intricate, tiny, uh, quick 
twitch muscles. Um, so that was definitely an adjustment. And then after college, on my graduation day, I had um, an audition, a big women's audition. I was like, oh, like I'll go and I'll see um, this audition and see if I can, you know, make it a little, you know, put my foot in the door type of thing. Um, I signed up for like the 9 a.m. slot. I think, oh, I'll probably get cut and I'll be able to make graduation by, you know, whatever, 5 p.m. Um, I kept <laughs> moving on to the next round. I was like, mom, I got kept, mom, I got kept. Oh, I don't think I'm gonna make it. By the third round, I was like, oh God, I'm really not gonna make it to graduation. Good problem to have, I guess. Um, and then long story short, I got the job with Taylor Two Dance Company. Um, and that really was like a blessing. And from there, you know, I transitioned into the main company. So it really has been a huge adjustment from, you know, starting at three years old doing, you know, plies and tendus and learning these shapes. But then also it's like a lot of similarities where the passion like really never um, went away for me. And it's just, you know, shifting gears in a different, you know, different mindset. So yeah, I'm very grateful. So Michael, tell us about the program you're bringing to the Y Center on September 16th. Yes, it's an incredible program. Um, I'm really excited to, we're, we're, we're bringing three great Paul Taylor works. Um, and speaking of painting, speaking of the visual art element, um, each of these dances actually has an incredible visual tapestry. The first is a dance called Art in Court that Paul Taylor choreographed in 1981. And it's to the music of William Boyce, who's a Baroque composer. And the title Art in Court is actually inspired from Shakespeare's As You Like It. And it speaks to this idyllic place where all is well and all is beautiful. And the set and costumes are designed by Jean Moore. And Jean Moore was actually very famous for doing window displays. He did a lot of work with Tiffany's. Um, and Paul was part of a circle in the early, well, the late 50s, early 60s, and into the 70s and into the 80s of um, working with visual artists who worked in different mediums. So when you think of a window display, you think of a frame, you think of an object that's being amplified to sell. Um, maybe it's jewelry or a watch. In this case, it's the dancer's bodies. So Gene Moore has a very unique, almost like a watercolor, um, designed this beautiful, beautiful, romantic work. After Art and Court, we shift gears. We actually go back in time a little bit to 1976 to a piece called Cloven Kingdom. And Cloven Kingdom is a fascinating score because it's a combination of 20th century percussion with Corelli is the name of the composer. Um, again, so we're kind of going back to that Baroque classical era and Paul's going, he's flipping from this percussion score to this Baroque score. But the theme of Cloven Kingdom is that man is a social animal and under the veneer of elegance and you know, proper attire is a much darker, more primal side to ourselves. And the dance reveals that um, in various ways. Um, the men are in tuxedos, the women are in these gorgeous gowns with these mirrored earrings. Um, and while it appears very elegant on the surface, 
it also reveals a darker human instinct. Um, a very, very, very famous work we do um, everywhere. It never really goes away. It sounds like there are layers that are being expressed there and that the audience member can bring something of themselves to that. Definitely. And that's something that's true about, I think Paul's work in general are layers. He gives you, as an audience member, an opportunity to dig deeper and the moment you think you know what's going to happen or you expect something or you're you're kind of things may feel superficial and all of a sudden he'll take you down to a depth that you didn't expect and he might bring you back up or he might leave you there um but he doesn't give you a lot of notes or program notes he's very art is your experience if you're four years old or if you're 40 years old you have a right to get out of it what you want to get out of it. Um, and Cloven Kingdom definitely gives you that in layers. Um, and so does Art in Court in a very different, albeit romantic way. And then we close our program with Diggity. And Diggity was choreographed in 1978 um, to an original composition by Donald York who was a longtime conductor and composer um, with Paul Taylor. And the set and costumes are by painter Alex Katz. Um, Alex Katz is 95, I believe. He is still painting. He's having an exhibit at the Guggenheim that's coming up this year, as well as Colby College Museum of Art. And Katz sits kind of in between where abstract expressionism stops and Andy Warhol is about to begin. So you have this, this interplay of color, um, surrealism, but also right on the cusp of pop art. So Alex's approach is bold color and flattening the depth of the stage. So whereas Art in Court has a lot of depth in terms of how you see the proscenium, Alex Katz gives you very harsh, flat light and color. Um, to bounce back at the audience, which creates a very, very fun um, aesthetic to play in and playing around because on stage there are 25 steel cutout dog profiles. So the dancers are dancing around 25 dogs and it's not slow dancing. It's fast, it's jumping, it's weaving. Um, it's, it's a very, diggity. very fun. It's diggity, it's fun, it's lighthearted. Um, it's a great way to bring the evening to a close. Michael Novak, Artistic Director of the Paul Taylor Dance Company, coming to the Weiss Center for the Performing Arts on the campus of Bucknell University in Lewisburg, Friday, September 16th at 7.30 p.m. We also heard from one of the dancers in the company, Jessica Ferretti. For more information and tickets, go to bucknell.edu slash Center or call 570-577-1000. That's bucknell.edu slash Center or call 570-577-1000. For WVIA Radio's Art Scene, I'm Larry Voitko.